Hello, friends. Welcome to the Writing Dad podcast. That's right. I didn't disappear. I've just taken some time to myself lately. I'm glad you have taken some time away from your day to listen to my monotone voice. As my mom always said, I do sound a little bit like Eeyore. I really do not have a voice made for audio, but here we are just doing our thing, just vibing, and I'm glad you're here. You know, I'm not going to lie. I stared at these episode notes for like an hour. I wrote, I rewrote, wrote some more. I could not for the life of me figure out how to start this podcast. It's probably the fact that I've been in such a funk these past few weeks, which is why I almost didn't move forward with this and just kind of disappeared. I mean, it has been a few weeks, but let me just say that I seriously do not know what's going on with me. I just haven't been feeling creative lately. You know, there's no juices flowing. All day I'm being told what to create by adding any type of flair. That's usually shot down pretty fast. So when I get home, I'm just emotionally beat. I will say that it's nice just getting out into the heat, doing some yard work, going to the gym, getting my sweat on. So that's been kind of nice. It's honestly just been really hard to find some time. Like right now, my kids are downstairs on the iPad while I try and at least record the introduction to the story. You just got to fit time in when you're a parent working, trying to make your lawn not look like it's dead. I'll never get that down. Sorry to disappoint you, Dad. You know, things are just getting started. Things will get better. I have a lot of cool stories on the horizon, um, some good ideas. If I can ever get a webcam, I'm going to take this production to the next level. I can't wait, and you should be excited for it too. If you're not, it's time to reevaluate your life. I decided for this episode I was going to pull out a story from years ago, and it's actually going to be over the next three podcasts. I only got three chapters in to this little story. Um, It was never completed. They're very short Obviously, everything's been short. That's kind of my goal here. But who knows? Maybe is if we start expanding our audience, I'll expand my stories a little bit longer. But I think where I might be losing some people is the fact that I'm just throwing random stories at you. So maybe this will force me to start completing stories, not just giving you empty endings. But these next few episodes are focused on our friend who is a man old in age and hiding a secret from his family. I know if Becca knew about my secrets, she would end up being the subject of one of her favorite crime podcasts. We won't talk about that. Our protagonist has lived a unique life. It's led him down a path that he can't come back from, only embrace. Again, thanks for listening. Let me remind you to smash, hit, click, caress the subscribe button wherever you're at. This will, you don't have to listen. You know, just do me the favor of hitting that little button and uh, maybe telling your friends about it. Share the stories. Share my voice. Again, thanks for listening, and here's the first installment of the working title, Autobiography of an Assassin. It's difficult not to have any regrets in life, but one can't change the past. What's done is done, for me, I have learned to accept my fate in this life and the next. And if it is forgiveness I need to seek, the only person I can ask forgiveness of is God. If he's willing to listen to me at this point, I am certain he has left me in the void, in the deep recesses of my mind that plague me even now. There is no escape from the things I have done, only embrace, only acceptance. 
But I have seen the world. Oh, how I've seen this world. There are parts of this earth that people could not imagine seeing in their lifetime. Mysteries brought to life, which I have witnessed with my own eyes. Spectacular images. I have shaken hands with some of society's most powerful players, leaders that have caused nations to rise and fall. My journeys have given me immense amounts of joy and happiness, and I have never wanted for anything. The beauty I have beheld can only be that of the Almighty, the same Almighty that I soon go to see. And yet my daughter, the one person in this life who is worth more than all the riches I have acquired, knows not of my true identity. Since the day her mother gave birth to her, my lies have made a path that is too wide to cover up. Never once have I disclosed to her where I go when I leave for days at a time, or why I spend hours researching topics related to things like politics and even drug cartels. Even though I have been vague in my explanations and leave her pondering, her love is unmatched. She has never asked for more. She has loved me as much as any one father could ask for. I fear that exposing myself for who I truly am will end our relationship forever. This I cannot bear. For by her love alone, I feel I will be able to walk up to the gates of St. Peter and ask for forgiveness and be led into the presence of God. She has grown over the years, my daughter. Her intellect is matched by none of her classmates. From elementary to grad school, she has been at the top of her class. She excels in nearly all extracurricular activities. Even the boys have found it quite difficult after intense battles on the concrete courts. My pride swells and I know she's destined for great things, yet she does not see her life the way I see it. As long as she continues to doubt her abilities and fear taking chances, I will be there to push her forward no matter what until the day that I die. I know she will succeed once I am gone, but until then I will persist and help her realize her true potential, whatever that may be. This is my only desire in life. My only regret is that I lied to her. My only wish is that she could know the truth and still love me. The remainder of my life is a blur and I only have an inclination of what I shall do, provide her a better childhood than I received. One might picture my childhood as something slightly horrific. That's partially correct. Although I grew up a normal child for the first years of my life, that normality never made its presence known again. Due to certain events early on, I matured quicker than any child should have to as adversity spat in the face of my family. I was born in New York City in 1895. My father and mother were Italian immigrants and my father wanted to experience the American culture and tried to embrace it, though to no avail. He wanted his life of deep religious fervor and to raise me in the customs of his country. He was a very devoted Catholic and loved to preach. And so my mother, enamored by the American lifestyle, but loving my father too much to stay behind, spoke to him of missionary efforts in Asia. Many of her friends had visited areas around Beijing and Eastern China to bring religion to those parts of the world. My father delighted by her encouragement to serve, agreed to make the journey and preach the word of the Lord. I remember not of the journey. It is a blur in my aged mind. When we arrived, we lived a day's walk outside Beijing in what was the small village of Yanqing. The beginning of our sojourn through Eastern China was quiet and humble, yet with no success. The people of China, they did not like Western culture. It was a sin, imperfect, 
and they were taught by their religion if they embraced the iniquitous ideals and philosophies, they would surely suffer, and not just in this life, but in the life to come as well. Thus, because of our presence in this area of the world, began the Boxer Rebellion. The hatred of the West was not the only reason for the uprising, but also that China was being forced by Western leaders to import opium, which had caused widespread addiction. Those who feared the country was beginning to be carved by Western tools rose up and fought. At first, only small skirmishes dotted the land, but over the next five years, it turned into constant bloodshed. After the conversion of a prominent Buddhist temple to be used by Christians, the imperialist army decided to join the boxers. Soon, there was a widespread massacre of missionaries and Chinese Christians. The battle soon made its way to our small village and with it, death. To avoid bloodshed, my family slipped out in the late hours of the night. Imperialists camped all throughout the small town and its borders. Our small payment of passage was to take us through the river and to the surrounding forests. I remember the water being cold, but I knew nothing of the true penetrating numbness I would soon feel. We were just a small group of eight people as we made our way down the river, past the outskirts of the town, and made for the surrounding forests. We approached the line of trees and stopped abruptly. Our guide whispered for us to hold still. I remember the sound to this day, incoherent in any situation, yet as loud as an exploding star right in my ear. The sound of the arrow whizzed right into my mother's chest in an explosion of dark drops of what could only be her blood. Screaming and panic soon followed. Men poured out of the trees, seeking no accord, but taking the lives of the innocent with no remorse. My father was quick in our escape. My mother was dead as soon as her body made the agonizing thump on the ground. I don't know how my father managed to escape. I was six years old. My mother was dead, and that's all I remember. I was too entranced by the face that was fixed on me. She was dead, yet her stare was as alive as we were. What I do remember was gaining passage on a small boat back to Italy. We were physically exhausted, our souls racked with the miserable pain and the sorrow for the loss of my mother. Though I never cried once, anger, resentment, the guilt of leaving her behind is what filled me most. As we drifted on the boat, the water as seemingly endless as my agony, my father pulled a paper out of his pocket. It was a newspaper clipping my father had gathered sometime during our stay in China. His look was stone cold and emotionless. Son, I want you to remember this face as he handed me the clipping. I opened up the paper and peered at the portrait of a man staring at what seemed to be only at me. That is the face of the man who killed your mother. Remember it well. I still do. It is late, and I must rest. Sleep is coming easier, though it is still rough. The faces continue to haunt me, but I deal with them. They are almost like friends at a dinner party, with whom I want to avoid. Ambient noise in the background, but their eyes always laying judgment on me. They think I have done wrong by them, but the world is a better place without them. This I know. My name is Dante Baromi. I am an assassin. Well, my friends, that was a little bit longer than what we're used to, but hopefully it wasn't painful. I really enjoyed kind of condensing that. I wish I could have done more, but it was a struggle to really take these parts that I had picked at over the years and make it into one cohesive introduction of our, our friend Dante. 
I'm kind of hoping over the next few weeks we get to know Dante a little bit more. This story, very incomplete as it is, has a lot of potential. Anyway, I'm going to let you guys go. Go ahead and subscribe. We're everywhere. Legit. I mean, everywhere. You can't get rid of me. So just subscribe to the podcast, and we don't have to have this awkward discussion next time I see you. Stay sexy, love you guys, and I'll see you next time. I'm Alex Jenkins, and this is The Writing Dad Podcast. Podcast.